0: Button. Welcome back. It's Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday. <laughs> Thursday. Uh, I don't even know what day it is anymore. Thursday, April 11th. Hope you all are having a wonderful day. Uh, it's pretty good here in San Francisco. Uh, it's a little gloomy. The weather's nice, so, you know, it's kind of how it is every day here, anyways. Uh, so, what's going on today? Uh, Definitely going to go over Julian Assange's arresting. Uh, definitely going to talk about some more Trump drama. You know, there's always some drama there. Uh, his sister, some new hush money allegations, and uh, his potential healthcare care plans. Uh, also, I want to go over uh, the recent Israeli uh, presidential election that they had over there. And I also want to go over some uh, interesting similarities between uh, Netanyahu and Trump. Uh, So I think that's important to look at, uh, especially if you're on team left, liberal, progressive, whatever. And uh, another state joins the Electoral College Pact. So we definitely going to go over that. So uh, here we are. Let's just jump right in. So uh, Julian Assange was arrested in uh, Ecuador. Uh, What an interesting character, right? He's had a interesting uh, kind of up-and-down love-hate relationship with uh, a lot of different people in uh, the United States. Uh, in the past, I think um, a lot of people probably viewed him in a more kind of, uh, like, n- not really hated him, but may have appreciated some of the things he's done, or at least Wikilinks has done. Uh Specifically, you know, during the Iraq wars, uh, his organization definitely did show some pretty fucked up things that were going on. Um, and I think it's, you know, important for Americans to to see those things. Um, it It is important for people to be held accountable, uh, specifically. I think we all remember, well, if you don't, you should look it up, but there was a couple videos of, you know, some Blackwater mercenaries, you know, in a helicopter, gunning down innocent civilians, and then cheering themselves on while they were doing it, like, yeah, I got that motherfucker, and these weren't even people who were, uh, doing anything, uh, they were, like, leaving a store, going to their car, and they just gunned them down, um, I'm sure if that was your family and you lived in that country after that, you probably would not have much respect for, uh, you know, these people coming into your country and, you know, uh, taking out a dictator that also wasn't as good for you. But I I think it also shows uh, and, and the army does agree that while we were there, you know, the goal was to also maintain Some sort of like civil connection with the civilians there. You know, they were going to help us as much as we were going to help them. They were going to let us know who was a potential sniper or, you know, who was in line with, you know, the old um, Iraqi guard at the time. And uh, I think that's why you probably saw ISIS take over Iraq so easily because. You know, there's probably a lot of animosity towards the United States. Uh, so I, I remember back then seeing that video and be like, oh, great. This is this is good for the American public to see. And um, it definitely made that war obviously show how unpopular it was and show how devastating it was not only to the people there, but also to even our democracy and our economy, etc. You know. And ultimately, you know, that's how we kind of got that blue wave, you know, with Obama coming in, because people were kind of fed up with that. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, WikiLeaks and Julian Assange are certainly not without, uh, you know, they, they've definitely done some things that are not good. Uh, specifically, going into, you know, the 2016 election. Uh, you know, the research I found, there was definitely a a bias against, you know, Hillary Clinton uh, uh, from WikiLeaks and totally understand why. Uh, you know, they were very upset with her for a lot of things that... what was going on during her time as Secretary of State. Uh, you know, Libya, Syria, kind of being some of those things. Uh, they obviously were against her winning a, uh, a re-election, or re- not re-election, but winning the election. Uh, they even kind of got into the whole Bernie-Hillary debate. Uh, they, you know, got those emails released, uh, those private emails between the DNC, and it really did show. And again, this is a good thing. It really did show that the DNC was definitely trying to set up the Bernie. Election campaign so that it would fail. Uh, and regardless if you're pro Hillary or pro Bernie, um, I think we all agree that elections should be run in a fair way. Uh, and it should be up to the people to decide. So there definitely was a bias towards Hillary Clinton. Uh, but with that, though, with that, there was definitely some Russian influence in that. And that has been proven uh, by basically the Mueller investigation. Uh, Trump Jr. even basically admitted to having some sort of email relationship with WikiLeaks and coordinating certain things with them. Uh, that's kind of one of the parts that I don't really like about WikiLeaks. Uh, it seems like to me at some point they may have lost their way. Uh, there's even some speculation that WikiLeaks was even infiltrated by Russian agents, Um uh, Specifically to discredit NATO. Uh, Julian Assange specifically even had a show, was paid for by the Russian government on uh, RT News, um, Russian Time News, or I don't know what it's called, but who cares? Don't watch it. Uh, so you know there, there, there is some speculation there. Uh, there's definitely some things they released that weren't necessarily needed to be released specifically on private citizens who uh, their private info was released. uh, Credit card information, uh, medical records were released on some of these people. There was someone who was gay and outed in Saudi Arabia. And uh, I don't think you're allowed to be gay in Saudi Arabia. So, uh, you know, when it gets to those kinds of things, then that's when I think sometimes your credibility should be challenged. They are certainly not some perfect whistleblowing agency. Uh, and even Trump, at one point during, or even previously when he won, hated WikiLeaks, but then when they released those emails, then he was pro-WikiLeaks. So, you know, it, it's it, it's hard to judge, but it's safe to say that uh, their, their influence in the election was certainly, uh, it definitely had a big, you know, effect on it. So he was arrested uh, specifically for uh, a case um, back when he, or at least WikiLeaks, uh, conspired to commit computer intrusion for agreeing to break a password to a classified U.S. government computer when working with former U.S. Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning, formerly known as Bradley Manning, who released hundreds of thousands of diplomatic cables and war logs in 2010. Uh, So that's, I guess, maybe the lawfully, quote-unquote, way they're trying to get him. He escaped to Ecuador originally, I believe, because of a rape allegation. And, um, you know, there's definitely some, you know, uh, speculation there in terms of whether or not if that was accurate or not. Um, I don't know much about that to make an opinion. Um, But... You, you know, it's one of those things where technically, yes, he did break the law. And um, in fact, I think all whistleblowers, in a way, break the law. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Uh, he may have some information that may be useful. Um, you know, I, I it's definitely something to watch for. So uh, keep your eye on that. I'm curious to see if maybe he might kind of tell them something that might be useful that could potentially help them out. Who knows? Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is, this is actually a big moment. And I think the U.S. has been working on this for a while. Uh, I just hope that, you know, whoever is going to be interviewing him or whatever, you know, I, I just don't really trust the Trump administration in handling this. So I hope it's separate from, you know, that administration. So, Uh, Yeah, Julian Assange arrested. Uh, Who did not see that happening though? So in more uh, local news in the United States um, There's been some really interesting things developing uh, About the Electoral College. I'm so happy that the Electoral College is up for a discussion now Um, I feel If you're more Democrat, left, progressive, socialist, whatever-leaning, you are definitely all for the uh, Electoral College to be abolished. And if you're more on the right, I could understand your appreciation of it and your willingness and and acceptance of the Constitution and it's in there, etc., etc., which I appreciate. Uh, My personal opinion is I think in modern times the Electoral College is, is dumb uh you know i already spoke about this i don't think presidents should be elected on a you know because of a math equation i think presidents should be elected because you know we have a democracy or at least a republic democracy and majority rules that that is the core uh belief in a democracy majority rules and in cases when if a candidate received three million almost three million more votes than the other candidate it's obvious what the majority of people wanted uh so i think a lot of more democrat left progressive states are uh realizing that and are trying to figure out a way how to you know benefit the people more um so with that being said uh oregon will potentially become i think it's the 14th state that is going to sign this uh popular vote uh compact basically uh what that is is these states are going to give their votes you know this is going to be like ratified through their their state legislatures and whatnot so this isn't like some bizarre you know takeover and a lot of republicans in the past have certainly argued that states should have more power just in general Uh, so if you're a republican um in the past, you know, you, you probably would have uh, agreed to this, but you know, Republicans aren't aren't the best at uh, history of their party right now, or at least uh, the, uh, how their other uh, party used to be. So uh, back to that, Oregon, yes, Oregon is possibly going to be the 14th state to to be part of this pact. Um, this I think other states include like Washington D.C., California. Um, think also possibly Illinois, which I'm going to double check that right now. Yes, so Illinois, Colorado, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington. The state. Uh, so this uh, the compact does not take effect until uh, participating states represent 270 electoral votes. Uh, so legislative approval only commits to the binding mechanism with passage by additional states. So right now, uh, with uh, Oregon being or possibly uh, being uh, a part of that, I think they will be at... Um, 189 votes uh, I want to say So the, the compact isn't going to take place Until they actually hit uh, 270 uh, I think this is a great way To kind of challenge the electoral uh, College um, It's a It is a state ran Thing this isn't some sort of Liberal group Or whatever these are People within their own states Pushing for legislature uh, That does this so uh, I I think that's a great way for the people to speak up. Um, obviously, if you're in a state that wasn't listed and you're kind of into this, you should look into your your local government there, see if anyone's kind of talking about that and maybe f- see if you can help out with that. Um, but the Electoral College is, is definitely an outdated thing. Uh, I, I do see it changing in the future. Uh, I can see why republicans will want to keep it around uh they will definitely have a harder time winning um but hey that means they just have to change their message that's it uh and they will i mean uh i mean everything that's done in politics is always politically motivated um we gave women the right to vote because democrats thought that'd be a great addition to the team uh Civil rights of course was a very more humanitarian you know everyone should be equal but let's also be real. It's also because those people would also be great for the team. Uh, Republicans adversarially have uh, tried to diminish people's rights to votes uh, felonies felon people have felonies for example, they're not allowed to vote Florida just you know passed that amendment last year and they're still challenging it. Uh, they, they allowed felons to vote, But then now they're writing the rules of how felons can vote. So now they're saying, oh, okay, well, if you're a felon and you want to vote, then you have to pay off all your your debt first before you can vote. And um, I think there was a total of $1 billion that's kind of waiting to be paid by felons. Of course, not one person has to pay $1 billion. But there's many examples of people having to pay thousands of dollars. And most likely if you're a felon, it's hard for you to get a job. It's going to take you a long time to pay that off if you even can. So it's a tactic to use to slow down those people the right to vote. So that's politically motivated. It's fair. It goes both ways. So there really shouldn't be no argument of, it's politically motivated. It's just a way to go, blah, blah, blah. Oh, whatever. Everything is politically motivated. Get over it. It's politics. It's how it is. Both sides are going to do it. Just accept it. So, but uh, I'm excited to see the, you know, as we get closer to 2020, like what other states may uh, join in with this compact. I think Ohio, for example, is one that... Wanted to ratify the 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 compact into the law, but the governor may not sign it, um, uh, because I think he's a Republican governor. So you know his reason for not signing is politically motivated. <laughs> all right, so moving on. Uh, this last little bit is going to be kind of all about Trump for a little bit. Uh, recently, his sister has been in the news. Uh, His sister was appointed a judge. I'm not exactly sure when or how that even happened. Uh, I'm not even sure what kind of judge, but uh, there's some really some sketchiness going on there. Uh, I'm going to quote the New York Times here. Uh, President Trump's older sister, Marion Trump-Berry, has retired as a federal appellate judge, ending an investigation into whether she violated judicial conduct rules by participating in fraudulent tax schemes with her siblings. The status change rendered the investigation moot, since retired judges are not subject to the conduct rules. So here's someone who was doing her job, and then all of a sudden oh, hey, you're going to be investigated for this. And I'm sure someone on her staff or team told her, oh, you don't want to be investigated for this? Just retire. So, of course, that's what she did. Uh, it's a way to kind of escape, you know, that investigation. Uh, of course, I don't think this is going to stop the investigation on, you know, what's already going on with the Trump family. Uh, they're definitely being heavily investigated by the state of New York. Um, that's where a lot of, charges are definitely going to be coming from Uh, you know, in time you know, liberals have patience (laughs) New York, the state's not going anywhere and neither are those charges, so uh, that'll be really fun later on in in the future so I I think that's really interesting, you know, they're definitely a a family that has built their wealth around unlawful ways and uh, eventually that'll catch up with them um they're certainly not the only ones who do it but you know when your family member's the president of the united states i think you should definitely be held at a much higher level of accountability i mean all white collar crimes should be punished but let's be real money definitely saves you from from uh, the courts so yeah kind of interesting to see how how that develops i'm sure maybe there may be some way around it or or whatever so anyways On to some other interesting uh, Trump news. Uh, I guess uh, some information has came out. Um, This is quoted by the Wall Street Journal in regards to uh, uh, the hush money probe involved in Trump's inner circle. Uh, The Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office has gathered more evidence than previously known in its criminal investigation of hush payments to two women who alleged affairs with Donald Trump including from members of the president's inner circle. Uh, Prosecutors interviewed Hope Hicks, a former close aide to Mr. Trump and White House communications director last spring as part of their campaign finance probe, which ultimately implicated the president in federal crimes. They also spoke to Keith Schiller, Mr. Trump's former secretary chief. Investigators learned of calls between Mr. Schiller and David Pecker, (laughs) ha, Pecker, Uh, chief executive of the National Enquirer's publisher, which has admitted it paid one hundred fifty hundred thousand to a former Playboy model on Mr. Trump's behalf to keep her story under wraps. Isn't it interesting how a lot of Trump's base is this kind of like, you know, conservative, religious, godly, purity, you know, and yet they seem to have been fooled by this this guy who comes off as Christian, pure, anti-abortion. Uh, you, I don't know anyone that would not think that Trump would order one of his mistresses to get an abortion if they were ever pregnant. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, that guy is a scumbag. He certainly knows how to calm people, and I can certainly, you know, I'll give him credit for that uh but you really think that guy has any ethics or moral code no his ethics and moral code is money money give me money that's it money and the family that is it uh and the fact that there's a lot of people in this base who you know don't have money and are actually religious, and actually do believe in, you know, uh, Jesus and love, and, and, well, I won't say love, but, you know, th- those kind of, like, I am purer than thou kind of, uh, conservatives, I, I find it so comical that they cannot see through his, his facade, you know, so, uh, that's also going to be another thing talking about you know the state of New York uh, I mean well that's a federal crime actually so the state would't really have much to do with that but you know it just goes to show you that there's still all these other uh, investigations going on with this guy you know he's it, it full of investigations it's just insane. You know, as many times as, like, people in the past always, like, thought, like, uh, Barack Obama was corrupt or, 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 you know, George Bush was corrupt or Bill Clinton was corrupt. And certainly, you know, Bill Clinton may have done some shady things. Absolutely Bush did some shady things. Obama may have done some, like, occasionally shady things, but none of them, none of those people have ever breached, in a way, the the amount of shadiness coming from the Trump administration. Uh, So... Moving on from that, uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, a few days ago, maybe like a week ago, uh, you know, Trump wanted the Republican Party to become the the party of health care. And this is Trump's M.O. He wants to steal the thunder away from his opponents, which is smart. I, I think that's a very smart move. Um, I think I even talked about uh, how he hasn't really done that more often and how, the, how much that would benefit him. Uh, but uh, so... You know, he came out saying the Republican Party is going to be this this party of health care. And then, of course, the people who he appointed to look into it were like, "Uh, no, we, we are not doing that. Uh, one, because we lost the midterms on that. Two, we don't actually have a plan. And three, we are not going to go down that road right now, uh, especially with the election coming up and whatnot. So, uh, but recently... um. CNN reported a federal appeals court on Wednesday, so yesterday, granted a Trump administration request to expedite oral arguments in a case challenging the legality of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, The new time frame with arguments in early July means that the fate of Obamacare could come before the Supreme Court next term with an opinion rendered by June 2020 in the heart of the presidential campaign. Uh, I would like to remind people that this would be like I don't know the third or fourth I don't know more than once that the uh, that Obamacare has been handed off to the Supreme Court to decide on. Uh, the ACA uh, was ruled constitutional by the Supreme Court in two thousand twelve. That was by a five to four vote. Uh, it survived again by a six to three vote in 2015. I can't remember why specifically on that one. I think it had to maybe do with the uh, maybe the uh, the mandate again. Uh, so uh, apparently, um, the same people, pretty much that voted on it in 2012. Uh, I mean, except maybe for one because uh, Kavanaugh's on there, but they're basically almost like the same. It's the same people voting on it, and. Uh, I just don't see or understand why it's going to the Supreme Court again. Uh, But this will be interesting. I think if it does go that far, I mean, that's up to if the Supreme Court wants to even, you know, hear it. Uh, I think it'll be a gift to Democrats, honestly. There's there's one thing that I think more moderate Republicans will definitely side with Democrats on is that they now at least appreciate uh, to some degree... Like what Obamacare has done for their lives, even if they don't like the president, uh, they, they clearly see how it has benefited them. A lot of these Republicans live in poor Republican states, not going to even get into why those states are poor, uh, but these are, these are mainly lower class, poor people living off of you know social programs. And again, not gonna get into, you know, how these poor states that are Republican are heavily reliant on social programs, uh, but they do they they have issues. They, they have health issues. They have preexisting conditions. They have children that would have been kicked off of their program but can now stay on it. There are protections in place for them that they realize, and that's why they pretty much vote. That's why Democrats won in the midterms. They ran off of healthcare. Uh, So I think that's why Republicans want to stay away from this. Uh, It was also reported, though, that actually Trump did have um, a plan in mind. They actually are sitting on a plan. Um, However, uh, (laughs) the plan is something that uh, they do not, that they know that people are not going to want. Sarah Cliff. Um, a journalist uh, is quoted saying, Top White House officials are making big promises about President Trump's announcement that the GOP will soon be known as the party of healthcare. But the detailed plan that Trump laid out in his budget a few weeks ago doesn't deliver on them. When the Congressional Budget Office looked at the proposed policy, it estimated the plan would cause millions to lose coverage. The plan would also give states the option to let insurers to return to discriminating against patients with pre existing conditions and allow states to give insurers flexibility in choosing what gets covered, and not covered, like maternity care. There you go. That is the Republican health care plan. Basically, fuck you, give the insurance companies your money, and you get nothing. And if you're lucky, you might get something. Uh, so, yeah, please, Trump, yeah, run on health care. We would love that. We would love that. That would be great. Okay, so done with that. So last but not least, what I want to talk about specifically is with uh, Netanyahu and Trump. Uh, I'm just going to read off a couple of articles from uh, some different um, different uh, journalists here. Um, so let's talk about Netanyahu's race. Uh, it was very close. Netanyahu and Trump are similar in the sense that they are both under federal investigations, right? Uh, Netanyahu is under federal investigation for bribery charges. Uh, so is his wife, too. Again, you know, there's a, uh, there is a similarity there. It's all about the fam. Uh, so now that Netanyahu secured his victory, uh, he had to secure his victory. If he did not, he most likely would have been indicted on these charges very similar to Trump running in 2020. Uh, it's pretty much his get out of jail free card. Uh, so I'm gonna read uh, this uh, article quote here from Haritz. I don't know this could be like maybe some kind of like Israeli news source or whatever. I'll double check that in a moment. but anyways, the new Netanyahu government will have two main goals to get rid of the indictments looming in his future and to annex the settlements in Israel in coordination with the Trump administration. These two goals could be summed up as immunity in exchange for uh, sovereignty. 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 In exchange for sovereignty. So basically, not Netanyahu last minute uh, said that he would uh, annex uh, the West Bank, uh, where a lot of Palestinians live. Quick little recap on Israeli history. It used to be fully owned by Palestinians. The Jewish community... Uh, at the time, certainly damaged by you know the Holocaust, etc., began this uh, this this massive exodus to Israel and kind of at least back then um, they were they were living in peace you know together, um, and then slowly but surely uh, you know through government deals and, and you know the United States certainly um, had its role in this um, you know the Israeli government kind of took over and slowly kind of eroded at the the, the peace that was around then. And it's basically stolen land from these people that have lived there forever. Uh, it's kind of a bizarre conversation because they get protection from, you know, the religious community, all the Christians that are like, oh, you know, it's God's land and Jewish people, the, the chosen people or whatever. So, you know, they, they kind of um, appeal to that. And then also – you know, more so the American government's not backing the, uh, the, the Israeli government because of their religious right or whatever. They're backing the government purely for uh, strategic and diplomatic reasons. Um, I am on the fence about that. I, I do understand having Israel as an ally. And I do understand that sometimes you, and we do this with other countries, we kind of look the other way. I'm not saying that's fair. I'm just saying that I understand why it is the way it is and that it's more complicated than they're taking people's land and we should, you know, disown Israel as an ally, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I think disowning Israel as an ally would probably do more damage than um, keeping them as an ally. However, we as Americans should totally be aware of the fact that the Palestinian people are being forced out unfairly. So it's okay to have that opinion. It's okay to say, we love Israel as an ally, but they're doing fucked up things. So, uh, back to the Washington Post. If Netanyahu succeeds in forming the next government, he is expected to annex parts of the West Bank as part of a possible deal with coalition partners to get the law changed in a way that would give him immunity from prosecution on corruption and bribery charges. He basically wanted to win... to, to, To... you know, to save his ass, and he did. Um, there, there was some interesting uh, similarities in that how Netanyahu won by uh, trying to suppress votes. I mean, there you go. You know, that's that's another kind of similarity here in America, right? Uh, back to Haritz, an Israeli public relations company headed by a settler leader. Boasted Wednesday that it was behind the Likud initiative to place, Likud is the, uh, I think the party that backed Netanyahu, uh, initiative to place 1,200 hidden cameras in Arab polling stations on Election Day. The firm added that it was to thank for the historically low turnout among Arab voters, you know, the Palestinian voters. Uh, From the company's statement, Thanks to us, in quotes, thanks to us placing observers in every polling station, we managed to lower the vote-out turnout to under 50%, the lowest in recent years, exclamation point. Uh, Voter suppression works, man, and I know Trump probably is reading that. Uh, Trump is definitely a guy that will do whatever it takes to win, to cover his ass, so absolutely, we as uh, Democrats and liberals on the left should certainly... Be aware that there's going to be some shadiness going on. And Republicans on the right, you should be totally against that. I mean, I know it's it's hard to to break away from the tribalism that exists, um, but fair elections lead to better politicians, ultimately. Uh, when you're suppressing the vote, you're not getting the full uh, Democratic view of the people. You, you're basically uh, agreeing to almost like percentage of a dictatorship in a way which i think all all of us are against um so you know get out, get out of the bias think about democracy the overall way it should be and um you know think about what's truly fair and what's truly right as opposed to just well i don't care if they play dirty as long as we win like yeah sure that's gonna definitely be a good country right there um so I want to go into a little bit more of an article though that um definitely discusses more about the similarities between Netanyahu and Trump. Um this one kind of goes a little bit more in depth um about um you know the I guess the the crimes that they're facing, the drama that surrounds them and how they're certainly kind of working together uh, to um, you know to, to to win again and you know definitely work for Netanyahu and also the Republican party is is definitely trying to make a a case of why uh, Israelis that live or, or at least the Jewish community uh, should be part of you know the the Republican party um, the Jewish community is certainly more uh, more on team team left Democrat whatever um I I think they will remain that way as most of them do live in liberal areas. Um, So let's talk about that. So Roger Cohen, uh, another journalist, uh, writes his victory, Netanyahu's, contains a warning for any Democrats still imagining that the 2020 election will bring an easy victory over Donald Trump. The Netanyahu playbook will be President Trump's next year. Gather nationalists and religious voters in your camp. Add in a strong economy, dose with fear, sprinkle with strongman appeal, inject a dash of racism and victory is yours, whatever indictments are looming. It's not that this could happen, it will happen, absent some decisive factor to upend the logic of it. Netanyahu is savvier than Trump, but they share a shrewd assessment of how to control and manipulate the politics of spectacle, as well as a fierce determination to stay out of jail. They campaign ugly. Uh, Another journalist, Stephen Collinson, quotes, uh, or I quote, President Trump is celebrating Benjamin Netanyahu's Israeli election victory like it's his own, and in many ways it is. I wholeheartedly believe that. Uh, Thomas Friedman is another journalist. A little snippet of that, uh, what he wrote. "Uh, There are two countries that I've been professionally, emotionally, and intellectually involved with in my entire journalism career, the United States and Israel. I've never been more worried about both because President Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu are essentially the same person and they pose the same threat to their respective nations. Again, he goes on to say they are both men utterly without shame, backed by parties utterly without spine, protected by big media outlets utterly without integrity. They are both funded by a Las Vegas casino magnate, Sheldon Adelson. They are both making support for Israel, a Republican cause, no longer a bipartisan one. And they each could shoot an innocent man in broad daylight in the middle of Fifth Avenue, and their supporters would say the victim had him coming. Uh, as a result, they are each free to cross red lines in their predecessors, uh, I'm sorry, that their predecessors never dared to, which is why I believe that four more years of Netanyahu, which is almost certain—well, this was, you know, the day before he won— Uh, which is almost certain after Israel's election on Tuesday, and six more years of Trump, which is a real possibility, will hasten the emergence of an America and an Israel where respect for civility, democracy, an independent judiciary, and an independent media are no longer examples for others to follow. Well said. Uh, I do agree that America has certainly lost a lot of uh, leadership roles around the world. Um, and a lot of other countries have kind of stepped up in that in that gap, uh, and that does worry me. Um, you know, I love America. You know, I will definitely be here. You know, for my entire life, I'm sure. Except if I don't know some crazy shit happens where I just want to get out and survive. You know, I kid, but um, but um, I. I do want us to be a strong leader of the world and I, and I want us to stay that way. And I want us to actually be a legit strong leader in the world Uh, with Trump. We have certainly alienated our allies that have certainly uh, been a huge help to us to where we've gone to. Uh, And I think we're certainly losing a, uh, a voice that we have that can actually get things done across the world. Um, you know, nothing is impossible to accomplish. You just need to have people who are willing to listen to you and back that up uh, with, uh, with, 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 with strong action. But also, you know, you, you might have to pull someone's arm a little bit to, 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 to make them lean a certain way that you, you want them to go. Uh, you know, quickly. You know, I, I, you know, the the U.S. was certainly making grounds with Iran. Uh, sure, they've done some shady things. Uh, their people are certainly aware of how uh, ruthless their their governor is, and they almost had a revolution. And you know, we we backed them on that because we knew what those people wanted would be better than what they have now. And even for a moment, we we had an agreement. You know, with this country to actually stop them from making uh, nukes. And, and they were showing to, to have, uh, listen to that and and stay committed to that plan. And then here comes Trump totally tears that down. So there we go. Now we just diminished our ability to, to, to back our actions with, with strong words. The next time, you know, we line something with another country. Now they're going to think like, well, what's to stop the next president from just, you know, tearing up that agreement. Uh, you know, Trump was trying to do do the same thing with North Korea. They're still making nukes. Our security officials and at, at, at the Pentagon clearly see it. Russia's helping them, but Trump's like, "You have nothing to worry about." No, <laughs> we do have things to worry about, and his diplomacy tactics are failing, and then we're we're losing our uh, ability to um to really bring people together to accomplish you know big goals. Okay, so to keep this podcast short, um. Man, that's basically all I wanted to say. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking in. That's basically a little catch-up of what's going on in the past couple days. Uh, music always brought to you by Man DeLorean. Check him out on Instagram. Man underscore DeLorean. Uh, he's coming out with an album. He is a genius. Uh, he makes great little beats. So if you're into that, check that out. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Uh, subscribe. Uh, I am on iTunes. Uh, if you don't have iTunes, I am on Podbean. So you can just like pop on that website. Uh, Politics and Bullshit Podcast. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, Politics and Bullshit Pod. And then I think I'm also on Twitter too. Um, probably the same name. Politics and Bullshit Podcast or something like that. Uh, but the Instagram is probably more fun to follow. Um, but I'll try to get more up to date on the whole uh, Twitter thing. So have a wonderful day. Uh, the weekend's always boring with news, so I probably won't be on over the weekend. I'll take tomorrow off from this, but uh, I'll be back on Monday because Monday's always the best day for news, man. It's like, you know, people just, people missed out on all, so much going on, so they got to let it all out on Monday. Uh, so yeah, have a great day. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, comment, whatever you want to do. I appreciate you. Thanks. Bye.